1: It's time now for the Teaching Timeless Truths radio broadcast with Pastor Roger Walton. So get your Bible, a pen, and your Bible study notebook as we journey through the truths of God's Word. And now with today's Timeless Truth, here's Pastor Walton. Psalm 119. Psalm 119. We're now in, I believe, if I'm right, our 12th section. And uh, we're looking at the next letter in the Hebrew alphabet mem and we're looking at an acrostic psalm every eight verses starts with the next letter of the alphabet and in the Hebrew you would see it all in those letters we are coming to this section that starts out with a great uh wonderful uh strong statement that uh, I think should be everybody's uh, every Christian's delight oh how love I thy law wow oh how not just oh I love oh how I love thy law, and it, it literally means to have intense affection and devotion for. So what I see here in verse seventy or verse ninety seven is intimate devotion. I want to know more about my Lord, and the Word of God reveals it. So oh how I love thy law, I, what you have written down for me as law has brought me to Christ because the law revealed that I'm a sinner and I needed someone to save me. And then you revealed Jesus Christ and showed that by grace and faith and mercy, we could be saved. And so he is declaring with an exclamation point, oh, how love I thy law. By the way, <clears throat> the Bible's full of what the love does when we love his word. The Bible is replete with all kinds of things. But in the book of Joshua, when we were looking at the children of Israel crossing over and getting into the area, when we get towards the end of Joshua's uh, book, we get to chapter number 22, he says to them, but take diligent heed to do the commandment and the law, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, charged you to love the Lord your God. So the first thing that the law was going to do was going to reveal that they had to have the Lord and they needed to love the Lord. Then he goes on, because once you love him, to walk in all his ways. You're really not going to walk in all his ways unless you have a love and devotion, and I mean an intimate devotion and an intimate love, like Paul said, that I may know him. Intimately in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death. And then he goes on to say, and to keep his commandments, to put that guard around what he's commanding us out of that law, and to cleave unto him. That goes back to the love, that we love him so much that we cleave unto him, and it has the idea to adhere to. Now, I like the fact that it says to adhere to, and the reason why is there's coherence and there's adherence. Coherence is when you take, like coherent glue, you're taking two like things and sticking them together, but when you go to adherent, adhesive glue is when you're trying to stick two things together that are not of the same. And that's what it says, when a man shall leave his father and mother and shall cleave to his wife. It's adherence, that they will be glued together, even though they are not common. It's not two of the same, uh, two opposites need to get together. But we need to cleave to the Lord. We're not him, and he's not us. He's God. And above him, there's no else. And we're finite man who has been given the opportunity to have eternal life with him. So while we're here, we need to cleave unto him so that when we see him, we'll have no regrets and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. Now that's very, very plain that when we love the law, it makes us want to keep and guard his commandments. And we look at Psalm 119, just alone, this verse says it. Psalm 119, I hate vain thoughts, but thy law do I love. Psalm 119, 163, I hate and abhor lying, but thy law do I love. Psalm 119, 165, great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. We'll get to that down the road towards the end of the series. But my goodness, what an incredible awesome thing that nothing will offend us and we'll have great peace if we love his law but he didn't just stop there in his great devotion he said oh how love i thy law it is my meditation all the day i muse i think i contemplate i reflect i chew it and then swallow it down and say man that was good stuff and i regurgitate it back up And I chew on it again. And you reflect and you think and you reflect and you think. And the things that you think on are the Word of God. My friend, if you think on the wrong things, what you have is a jittery life, a depressed life, a despondent life, an angry life. I mean, when we don't think on the Word of God and the things that the Word of God says, we get in trouble. Paul had said to the, the Philippians, listen, be careful for nothing. Don't be pulled apart in various directions. Don't be panicky and worrying. Not in anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Supplica- prayer is talking to God and praising him. Supplication is those requests. Well, make those requests and your prayers with thanksgiving. Then let your requests be made unto God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, way up higher than any understanding, shall put that guard on your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, truthful, trustworthy. That's the Word of God. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy Word is truth. Whatsoever things are honest, Honest things of the word, honest things in life, truthful things in life. Whatsoever things are just, right. How are you going to know what's right and wrong? The word of God. Whatsoever things are pure. How do you know what's pure? The word of God. Whatsoever things are lovely. What tells us what things are lovely? The word of God. Whatsoever things are of a good report? The Bible tells us that. If there be any virtue or and if there be any praise, think on these things. Think. The idea of that word think has everything to do with reason. Reckon. Impute it. Make it so. Put it on the account and keep it on the ledger. Don't go any other direction. We see that there is an intimate devotion. But when we come down to verses 98 to 100, we find something else. And there's first verse we're going to read, be careful. You might end up saying something that's not true in this verse. And we're going to uh, show you how you can make a mistake in this verse because of the poetic meter that it's written in. But don't be misplayed. And though thou, through thy commandments, hast made me wiser than mine enemies, for they are ever with me. And it's, there's a mistake to say that the enemies are ever with us. We know the Bible makes that clear. It's not the enemies that are ever with us. It's his commandments that are ever with us. Thou through thy commandments has made me wiser than thine, mine enemies because your commandments are ever with me. Then in verse 99, I have more understanding than all my teachers. For Thy testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the ancients because I keep thy precepts. Now, we've seen the intimate devotion. In verses 98 to 100, we see the instructional uh, declaration. The instructional declaration. He has been instructed, and he's declaring what he has been instructed. Thou, through thy commandments, hast made me wiser. And that's in that strong, inflective tense. You have made me wiser. Than my enemies because of your commandments because those commandments are forever with me god's word will give you wisdom to fight the enemies you see the bible gives us all kinds of principles for instance a soft answer turneth away wrath when we practice that you will find that is absolutely true i can't tell you how many people when i taught in the christian school uh, parents would be angry over something come in and blast me and I would just sit there and let them vent till they were all done then I would have asked the Lord during that time to give me the word that would calm them down and bring them to the point of being able to deal with them and there were times when they would come in and it was something that really I owned uh, I remember one in particular case and I've said this before on the, the program that the uh, they wanted me to keep 150 kids quiet by myself in a study hall in the cafeteria. It was really difficult to keep that many kids quiet, with just one adult. And uh, I was a new teacher. I was young. And I remember taking my briefcase and slamming it down and then pounding my fist on it and yelling at the kids to shut up. And uh, it got so intensely quiet in there. And they wanted to laugh. But I was so on my face showing that I was tired of them and angry with them. And when the uh, session was over, I went straight to the principal's office and I told him what I just did. I said, "You probably will get phone calls on this." Well, I don't think he got any phone calls, but I got a visit from a parent, and 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 he let into me. You know, I heard you lost your, I heard you slammed your, I heard bam, 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 bam. What do you have to say for yourself? I said, "Yes, ma'am, I did. I'm sorry. It was a mistake. I I should not have done it. Will you accept my apology?" And that took her off guard. She was ready for me to make my defense. That took her off guard totally totally did not have a comeback for that but there were other times I remember where uh, a girl was had written the verse on her hand and uh, a couple of students passed me some notes saying that she's been cheating in other classes and that she had written the verse on her hand so uh, my practice when I gave tests was to walk around the room while they were taking their tests and quizzes And on this verse quiz, I walked around and I saw her pull her hand out and I walked behind her and I literally read the verse off her hand. So I reached down and took her paper, did not embarrass her, did not call her out and set it on my desk. At the end of the classroom, she came to me and wanted to know why I did what I did. Meantime, I'd watched her as the other people were taking the quiz as she spit in her hand and erased everything and then wrote something else i said the verse was written on your hand and she pulled her hand i said no these are phone numbers i said what's all the ink smeared on your hand she said well i write on my hand all the time i said well i read the verse i looked right at it so i know what i saw and you have an f and she's just she said no no i did not i did not. i said I tell you what it's just you right now in between classes Sit down and write it right now since you say you know it. And she tried, and she looked at me. Well, you're just making me too nervous. Well, her mother came in and just lit into me and absolutely tore me up. And at the end, I said, ma'am, are you done? She said, yes. I said, "Uh, you forgot one thing. And I took her off guard. (laughs) What do you mean I forgot one thing? You forgot that you and I are on the same team. We both want what's best for your daughter, and cheating is not what's best. That pulled the fuse out of it, though she was still not happy with the letter grade. Well, that's what she earned. So uh, I'm grateful that we have this wisdom. But then he said, I have more understanding than all my teachers. Uh, he, he, you know, think about that. You are wiser than a professor with a PhD in Greek New Testament. If you have the Holy Spirit Living in you, guiding you into all truth, teaching you all truth, and bringing it back to your memory. And you have studied that word, and you keep studying that word, you keep getting into it because he said, For thy testimonies are my meditation. He said, I look at your record, I look at what you've testified to, I look at the evidence you have given me through the scriptures, and I'm able to take that evidence and I can understand more than my teachers because you have given me the evidence and the intelligence to be able, through understanding your testimonies, and I meditate on those. I muse on those. I regurgitate those over and over again. I make sure that your testos, your evidence, your record is what I stand on. It reminds me of a, a little girl. that uh, The teacher actually wanted to try to destroy her faith in a classroom as a little girl in lower elementary school. And they, they, she said to the to the little girl, you mean to tell me you believe that Bible? You really believe that a whale was able to swallow a man whole and he lived for three days and three nights? And she said, absolutely. And she said, well, well, what if you get to heaven and Jonah's not there? What are you going to do? And she said, well, if he's not there, you ask him what happened. <laughs> so, yeah, okay. That was... Uh, quite an answer for a little girl to give, I thought, and it probably uh, caused the teacher to have to sit back a a peg or two and think about it, but the teacher should never have done that. You have more information and insight into scriptures. You have more than anybody who does not know Christ as Savior, but not only that, I understand more than the ancients because I keep Thy precepts. Now we're talking about the elderly wise who have been alive for a long time and he said, I understand more than they do if they don't know the Word because I have put a guard around the precepts. I have guarded the principles that I have made, that I've gotten, those things you have set in your Word as this is what you do and this is what you don't do, and these are concrete things. He said, I've taken what those things are and I made a principle out of it so I can apply it to everything I do in life. And I have guarded those precepts, my understanding, is more than those people who know how to. I perceive, I pay attention to, I discern, I get it. I'm being uh, increased in knowledge and understanding of that knowledge, which then gives me, because I understand that knowledge, the wisdom that I need and the discernment and the discretion that I need to live soberly, righteously, and godly in Christ Jesus. Now, People who deny the Bible and grow up old, I found out they grew up kind of cynical and kind of soured on life. But those who've grown up elderly and are known the Lord for a long time and lived with him and lived for him and are still doing so in their elderly age, I find them to be wonderful people to talk to, people who can tell us what they've been through and how God's taken care of them all those years and give us encouragement, and they usually end up with a smile on their face. I had two grandmothers, one lost and one saved. The grandmother was saved when I was, uh, I think I was, I got saved in 1970 in October. My grandmother passed away in May of 1970. She did not know that I'd gotten saved. But uh, she loved the Lord. She was old-fashioned. She had nine children. They lived on a farm. They did their own uh, raising of the vegetables and things. My grandmother, I was told by my mom and dad who was there because I had to stay in school, that she hadn't been able to lift her body out of the bed, but the day she left, she sat up, she, she put a big smile on her face, she looked at her family and waved, looked up, and then laid back down. My other grandmother, my dad's mother, my dad said that on her deathbed, she hadn't gotten up either, she was in the hospital, and she had never raised up, but it said she shot up and grabbed the sheets and her face, he said, looked like something had gripped it and pulled it back and horror filled her and she fell back, he said, she did that about five times before she left. And I remember saying, because I had witnessed my grandmother. she just cursed me out every time. Uh, I remember my, my, uh, saying to my dad, it looked like she knew she was slipping into hell. And my dad said, that's exactly what it looked like. What a horrible, horrible thing when we do not know and do not have the knowledge of Jesus Christ. But those of us that do have the Holy Spirit, we, if we'll get it in the book, if we'll learn it, the Holy Spirit will teach it to us. And if we go to church and listen, we'll learn. We just need to keep on keeping on. So we have seen the intimate devotion. We've seen the instructional direction. But now let's take a look at this next verses 101 to 102, the incredible determination. The incredible determination based on all this I have refrained my feet from every evil way that I might keep thy word he said I want that guard on the word I want to be able to observe that word with a garrison around it protected it. and I have done so by refraining my feet I have put a restraint on where my feet go Amen and amen. You need to guard your footsteps. Everywhere my feet go, I have refrained, I have restrained, I have restricted, I have prohibited that from going that way. I do not want that on my path. And I have done that so I can keep that word that I do not take the guard down. Be on guard of your next step. When we get to the next section in the next broadcast, where it starts off, the next section with thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. We get the pathway kind of lit, but we get a lot of light for the next step. He doesn't give us a lot of light way down the road. Yeah, we can see a little bit because there's a light there and we see a great bit where we're going to step, but we don't see way beyond that we got enough light to make the next step. And that next step will give us the faith and the courage to take the next step. I have refrained my feet from every evil way that I might keep thy word. I have done it. I am not going down that road. Not only that, I have not departed from thy judgments, for thou hast taught me. You judged. You said that this is what's going to happen. I will judge you. My judgments are, you do this, I do this. And this is a good thing, you get a good thing. This is a bad thing, you get a bad thing. I have judged accordingly. I have not departed from my judgments. I know what they are. I, what your regulations and rules are in your word, what you've told me is right and wrong, I have not departed from them. And I'm telling you, I think we need to have that determination the verb literally means to turn away and desert to quit to f- just stop I have not stopped what you told me to do I have not quit I have not deserted I have not turned away I have not departed because you have taught me you are te- Thou hast taught me you're teaching me constantly I've gotten it in the back. By the way, that's in that hiffle stem. You have caused me to be taught. He said, teach me, cause me to be taught up there. Now he says, you did it. You have taught me. Thank you, Lord, for teaching me. Most of the time, the teaching of our day is watered down. To try to get the money, to try to keep the big church and not lose too many people. We don't want to offend here about there. But the churches that have the unadulterated word of God, and it's thus saith the Lord, precept upon precept, line upon line, and it is exegetical. It takes nothing out of context. It keeps the idea that there's one interpretation, many applications, and they preach the truth of God's word. Those are hard to find. But in those churches, we find that people become very strong established and settled into the word of God. And that is exactly what we need. We cannot turn away from God's word. And the psalmist said, you've been teaching me. I've been keeping it. And man, I am grateful because you are there. And because of that, I have not departed from thy judgment that so has taught me. But then he gives the reason why. And I want you to see this when we come back down to verse 103 and we see an insatiable devotion. We started out with an intimate devotion. Now it's just deeper and more rooted. He said, How sweet are thy words unto my taste. (laughs) Yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. A sense of taste I have read I have studied, I have learned, I have grown, I have enjoyed, and how sweet are thy words unto my taste. Yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. I'm reminded of what Jeremiah said over in chapter 15 and verse 16. Thy words were found, and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart for I am called by thy name, O Lord of hosts. Jeremiah was... He said, I I ate up your words, and man, that was a joy, and rejoicing. Joshua said, if it seem evil to you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve of the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or gods of the Ammonites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's my delight. That's what I want. That is where I'm at. The sweetness of God's word. Therefore, when we get saved, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that you may grow thereby, it becomes sweet, sweet, sweet. And there's so many verses we could go to that would remind us of the sweetness of our Lord, the sweetness of honey, the incredible enjoyment that the word gives. Even Jeremiah said at one point, you know, I was really thinking about just quitting and throwing the towel in, but I could not. It was like a fire, your word. It was in me. Absolutely incredible. So he kept on keeping on. Then he comes into the last verse, and we find in this verse an intense detesting. An intense detesting. Through thy precepts, those principles, that I have gotten from your commandments and judgments and laws and word, I get understanding. As I make principles out of it that determine my life, I understand why you put that prohibition in there. I see what it's doing for me. I I, I, I have it. And he said, therefore, I hate every false way. I detest, I loathe all the false ways, the the deceitful ways, the ways that try to take you off the road of life unto the untruth and the abyss of a road that leads to destruction and horror. I get understanding and I don't deal with these things. I get rid of every false way because I have put principles together through all of your word, what you've done for me, and I have come to this conclusion. And this is the conclusion I've come to. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I will not budge. Not going to budge. I'm done with all of this stuff. The psalmist had some dark days. We saw that not too long ago. But when we get over here, we see I've taken the principles. I've gotten understanding of how these principles work. I put them in my life. Therefore, I hate detest, and loathe every false way. Boy, the psalmist is incredible here. This Word of God chapter, don't you see how much God absolutely loves his Word and wants us to love his Word because the Word of God reveals the God of the Word, reveals our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray, let us see you clearly. Leap up off the pages of Scripture and intense into our heart, your love for us, your protection of us, your desire for us. May we grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who we love in the truth. And I pray, Lord, we'll prove our love by our service to you as we do so through the love of Christ. In your name we pray. Amen and amen. This is Pastor Walton. Have a great yes, week. Yes, I believe
0: every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do precious word. It thrills me through and through. I believe every word is true. Oh, I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. How I love his precious word. It thrills me through and through.
1: You have been listening to the teaching timeless truths radio broadcast with pastor roger walton you can send all correspondence to ttt at gmail.com tune in again next week for another timeless truth